When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hudat, and welcome back to Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. Let me let me get a better one. Who dat? Welcome back to the Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm alongside my co-host Nate and Chris. How was your victory Monday, guys? Positive, Nate, good, Nate, good stuff. Nate, 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 give them something positive. I don't have anything. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't actually. It was hard to take something positive from that win, man. I don't know. I didn't see a whole lot, you know. Other than everything we saw in that week, there was what me and we were talking a little bit ago. Like there was one thing, maybe you know, in that game that you could critique a little bit, and you know, it's some of those little teensy weensy fouls that you get. But compared to a normal Saints game, the penalties were even good. Like it's just something that we're not used to seeing dominance at that aspect, even with how good this team's been. That was arguably one of the most impressive complete performances I've seen in my life as a Saints fan, I would say. Yeah. I I was just, I was going to say, this is the win the Saints needed. This is the win that the city needed just in general. And there's something about the New Orleans Saints and playing right after a hurricane. They are incredibly talented. That no one's going to beat them because they're playing for their city. And I, I'm super glad that all those great Packer fans got to make the trip to Jacksonville and they can have the long flight back all the way to Wisconsin. Um, 1,800 miles would be exact. Yeah, yeah. And not, not a short flight either. And it was a, a really, really good game for them to go to. And uh, I'm sure if you're on Twitter, you saw all the receipts that all these Packer fans, all the Packers media were saying about this game. And the Saints absolutely destroy from start to finish the Packers, 38-3. to three. Um, Let's just start – let's just jump right into it and talk about the offense. I mean, the offense was extremely productive, efficient, good on every single level, dominated the line of scrimmage. Jameis Winston was incredible, had the most touchdowns with the least amount of yards in history, five touchdowns with 148. I mean, this whole offense was just incredible. I, I mean, look, man, I, I I think that, you know, for me, 
I would have assumed that if the Saints were going to win this game, 38 points, I mean, that, that would have been great, right? But I, I envisioned more of a, like, 27 to 24, you know, I mean, 30, 27. Like, I thought it was – everyone, we all thought it was going to be a close game, right? And if any team had a better chance of blowing out the other, it would be – it would come from the Packers' side. Um, but offensively, man, um, you know, you, you're, you're just reminded of how special Sean Payton is and what he can do with talents, even if they're only – even if they only specialize in one area. I mean, he's one of the better guys, one of the best guys um, in the league when it comes to – and maybe in the history of the league, when it comes to knowing what a player can do and putting him in a situation where all will just do that, okay? You know, um, Deontay Harris, you're good in space, do that, okay? Bubble screens, we want you to do that. Reverses, you know, we'll, we'll get you on these deep play action passes, double moves, like we want you doing that, okay? Um, you know, Jawan Johnson, you're good, you, you jump really high and you have great hands, do that in the end zone repeatedly. That's, that's what we want you to do. Uh, um, and, you know, the list goes on and on, you know, uh, you know, Tony Jones Jr. being able to run the football, you know, and I'm surprised, man. Uh, I, I listened to a lot of the questions that were asked and I, I didn't really hear too many, too many about Tony Jones. And I think here's a good time to give him some credit, man. Um, for him to be able to spell Adam Kamara in a game in which I think the, the, the Saints ran the ball like 39 times. And some of that is, is, uh, is you wanting to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field Another part of that is to ease Jameis in, being able, you know, letting him, being able to take advantage of all different parts of the field and taking advantage of the fact that you feel you have one of the best offensive lines in football, even if one piece is missing. Um, a real complete performance, you know, uh, Jameis didn't make any, any bad throws. I think the only throw that he made that would have, that would have resulted in an interception, I mean, even that one touched, touched Juwan Johnson's hands, right? It could have, it could have been caught. Um, they ran the football. Kamara looked explosive, as explosive and fast as, as I've seen him look, um, I think, in some time. I mean, sometimes it just looks like he's just – like he, he's running in real time faster than what he looks like on the screen. Yesterday he looked fast, right? Um, Callaway made plays. Harris made plays. Uh, you know, you know Jawan made, made multiple plays. And just t- Taysom got in the game. They found a way to attack Green Bay in multiple levels, um, and it was just, it was it was really impressive, really really great game management. They took what was there, they went for it when they had to. Um, I, I mean, you just all all credit goes to uh, to that coaching staff and you know those players on that offense. It feels really good to finally see a game where I feel like. Usually as Saints fans, we are very down to the specific details. And that speaks to a lot of love for the team, speaks to a lot of love and knowledge about the game. A little self-flattery. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, Saints fans as a whole, I feel like, are some of the most well-educated on the rules of the game because, well, if you're talking about cap space, the Saints, you have to understand cap space to be a Saints fan or you just have to completely ignore it. But if you're talking about rules, usually they come up against the Saints, it seems like, for whatever reason you can blame it on whatever you want but it seems rare that we find a game where it's hard to nitpick something you know you know throughout the entirety of my life as a Saints fan you know it's been 
well, we played good, but this play almost cost us the game against the team that we should have blown out. This game was one where I'll admit, you know, I can't track back because I know this is on the internet somewhere. I'd give us a not a 0% chance of winning, but I have this Packers team being one of the best teams in the NFC. You know, that still could very well be true. Uh, obviously, week one is a bad indicator for a lot of different things, but it, they sure didn't look like it against the Saints. Uh, and, you know, I think that speaks more to the Saints than the Packers. Um, and I don't think the Saints will ever get the credit that they deserve for that. But when you have everybody on both sides of the ball, from Jameis to flipping sides to Marcus Williams to flipping sides again to Juwan Johnson, uh, both offensive and defensive lines, and most importantly, you saw two players plus, plus or minus, you know, go down with injuries or go out for at least a short time with injuries. They didn't seem to miss a beat, you know, and, and they kept the foot on the gas pedal the whole game, which I think was very very nice to see. And, you know, when the community, like Brendan said, when this community needs the Saints, the Saints seem to provide. Uh, so if you take any bright spots out of it, that is uh, that week was a bright spot, I think, for so many reasons on so many levels that, you know, fans of other teams may not ever be able to truly understand. Yeah, if, if you kept. A, oh, go ahead. No, no, I didn't. I didn't have anything oh. going, Brendan. What I was going to say was, if you kept with the media today, it was, the headline was, what happened to the Packers? What happened to the Packers? What's, what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? It should have been, we were wrong about the Saints. I mean, shout out to Sean Payton. If he's going to win coach of the year any time of his career, it's going to be this year. Just because the roster he has and the talent isn't, it's, it's still there. It's still very good, but it's not the roster they had last year. And they come out and do this to the reigning NFC finalists, I mean, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And like Jameis said, they had a game plan. They were prepared. They were. They were. They got the Saints out-coached them. They outplayed them. And like, there's that picture going on the internet with the, the the Packers defense hands on their hips. I mean, they were out. They were more conditioned than them as well. They beat them in every single phase of the game. And like Nate said, there is maybe one or two plays where we could say, okay, that wasn't a great play. And it's, it was either Aaron Rodgers making a great play or just hats off to the defense for making a good play. It was literally a start-to-finish domination offense, defense, and even special teams. Blake Gilligan um, and Ty Montgomery on that punt, that was phenomenal. But uh, I think the main thing about this game was, Jam yeah, Jameis was incredible, had an insane debut, but the offensive line was great. And when you lose your center, Eric McCoy, and you have to start shuffling your offensive line, that made me nervous, and they didn't skip a beat. I mean, they're almost better. They almost had to work harder. Cesar Ruiz slipped, uh, went to center, and Calvin Throckmorton, UDFA, came in at guard, and they were great. I mean, Cesar stepped in, and there was no mistakes. They were rushing the ball all over him. They rushed for 171 yards, which doesn't seem like a ton of yards, but, it. I mean, if you watch the game, it really was because this, the Saints always had a short field. Packers weren't getting anywhere. They weren't getting anywhere and I saw some stat and it was the amount of touchdowns Jameis threw in Tampa you think about it Mike Evans Chris Godwin uh, all these high first round picks and high draft picks this game he threw four touchdowns to 40 UDFAs uh, two to Juwan Johnson one to Deontay Harris and uh, let's see one to Chris Hogan Chris as well. Hogan, so, yeah. yeah so he he's making do with what he had like like Drew Brees used to do and Jameis looked great. He looked like a totally different quarterback. And I think that's hats off to Sean Payton as well for getting this team prepared. And I really think that 
the Saints should get some more respect from here on out just because they didn't just beat them 20 to nothing. They beat them 38 to three, and it could have been a lot worse. It could have been. I mean, uh, let's see, Jimenez was 14 for 20. He had three passes that he threw away, which were good. He had one or two that um, maybe weren't great balls, one of Juwan Johnson that was picked, and one of Alvin Kamara in that third and short that uh, Chris posted that if it wasn't for Alvin Kamara being the freak out that he was, they would have been short. So I know Jameis is going to see that in film and just want to get better. And they have the Carolina Panthers next week who aren't particularly strong on defense. And I mean, you look at this Packers defense. This isn't a bad defense either. This is a championship quality Packers defense and Jameis tore them apart. And I think that's hats off to the coaching. You know, what's, what's interesting is that, um, I mean, and, and you're 100% right about that Packers team. You know, Darnell Savage, you have, uh, you know, Jair Alexander, you have Zadarius Smith. I mean, you uh, you have uh, Kenny Clark. You have playmakers all over that team that are supposed to show up. And look, I mean, if if you're going to make excuses for the for the Packers and you say, okay, they didn't come prepared, and that's a, and that's what we heard, but they didn't come prepared or. Aaron Rodgers was, you know, he wasn't himself. He made throws that are that are uncharacteristic. Okay, that that's fair. Um, what about what's missing on New Orleans? And even even if you felt, even if you felt that Green Bay had a bad day, in what world was it bad enough for them to lose thirty-eight to three? Like, like no, no one if. If there was anyone that would have predicted coming into Sunday that Green Bay could have a could be rusty or could have a rough day, you wouldn't expect you wouldn't say 38 to 3 against a team that's missing Michael Thomas, against a team that's um I, I mean Paulson Adebo played well, right? But you have a rookie cornerback on the outside. Your other cornerback's fighting a hamstring injury and ends up and ends up doing something to his thumb later on in the game. Um your defensive, their starting defensive tackle is suspended. Um, I mean, they lose, they lose their center, who you know who will probably make multiple All Pro appearances. They don't have Michael Thomas. They're they're just bring, you know, Jameis Winston is his first start in over and since since 2019. I mean, you go on and on. Traquan Smith, who is a, 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 another target that people are familiar with, he's hurt. You can go on and on about this team and what they had to overcome on their side as well, and they dominated the game no excuses if they would have lost the game it wouldn't have been any excuses Alvin Kamara said it best like no one gives a shit like at the end of the day like no one cares like they're oh and oh they're displaced they were in Jacksonville playing a home game what was more Packers fans than Saints game than Saints fans it was more of a home of a home game a home environment like I literally and I I sit you not I I I literally when I turned on the game when I turned on the game and I saw those green uniforms and I saw the Saints in white and gold I forgot the game was in Jacksonville. Part of me for a second thought it was in Green Bay because that's normally the color combination that exists, right? The field, the fields can look can look similar if, if you can't, um, you know, if you can't see sidelines in certain colors. It just, it, it I forgot that it, the game was in Jacksonville and the Saints won thirty eight to three. You have to give them credit there. No one wants to hear Green about Green Bay's excuses at all. No, it, it I just I'm, I'm in the same boat with you, Chris. I, I think it is just the most ridiculous string of media nonsense I've heard. And, you know, as someone who 
unfortunately, uh, for some reasons, has been around me, sports media and especially the NFL like media circle for so long. I just, these people are moving on so quickly from the fact that all summer long, their stories nationally were, look at the Saints, look at their horrible cap situation they'll never get out of. Oh, look, they don't have a quarterback. Ian Book's going to start a quarterback because we don't like Jameis or Taysom. And all these super ridiculous, honestly, loads of crap that they were feeding us all summer in order to obviously get their clicks up, probably worked, we're passionate fan base, what can we say? And then they just move on from it and say, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers had a bad day. Uh, maybe the coach of Green Bay is bad. You know, LaFleur, like, what's he doing up there? And, oh, they had to travel so far. It was such a hard trip to Jacksonville, Florida, a retirement community. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of the excuses. Uh, and, you know, any true Packers fan that follows this team, that watches this team, I was on a Packers podcast that my buddy Jake runs before uh, this all went down. We both said it will probably be a close game. We both think Packers will win. True Packers fans like him will not give you the media excuses that we're hearing right now, uh, especially on the Twitterverse. You know, there are some people that will never accept that the Packers are not, you know, are underperforming or whatever, but it, it's just real Packers fans know it. Saints fans know it. This was an incredibly played game, an incredibly coached game. The script ran to perfection. We know Sean and his scripted drives, his scripted plays. Um, and I also, seriously, I thought about this earlier. It is time to start considering the New Orleans Saints as the best talent evaluators for the offensive line in the NFL. Best talent ev- evaluators at any position. Yeah, right. And they're finding times the ref all over. Yep. So let's talk about this defense, which is something that is – even more surprising in the offense just because the magnitude of the Packers offense and how good it is. And I don't want to say the Packers completely dropped the bag. It's not like they just came out and just sucked. It's more, it was more so because the Saints defense is so, so good. It really is. And I don't think people are getting enough respect for that defense in general. I mean, I sent out a tweet a couple weeks ago and said, this, this defense is top five. And I got, I got some, some feedback on it. And after this game, I'll say top three. I mean, this is the worst loss Aaron Rodgers has ever had. And it's not going to be close for the rest of his career, probably. He didn't convert a third down, which is he has never done. He's always converted a third down. Uh, He got held to three points, which uh, were – it was that long pass to Devontae Adams, which was like a great pass, hands off to him, whatever. And this is his largest defeat ever, 35 points. So this all around was just a beating by him. And you can say whatever jokes you want to say, but that Saints defense was the reason that he didn't have a good day, honestly. There was pressure in his face from the first snap all the way to the last snap. You can say what you want about them missing David Bakhtiari, starting two rookie set or a rookie center, rookie guard. It's not our it's not our problem. They started two rookie guards. They were the best people in the building for them. And uh, if they want to go to the NFC championship again, figure it out. I mean, it's not our problem. We we have defensive tackles who we're working at freaking Home Depot a couple weeks ago. So it doesn't even matter, honestly. And this defense is only going to get better. I mean, obviously, Marshawn has an injury. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Marcus is uh, banged up. They're getting Bradley Roby in here. Uh, they will get David Onyemata eventually. And, of course, Michael Thomas and so on and so forth. Uh, they were missing a ton more than the Packers were. And this was just an all-around beating on defense. I mean, you could see on Aaron Rodgers' face on TV – 
He just looked defeated. He, he couldn't get anything. Even his favorite target, Devontae, Marshawn locked him up with a half a hand. And there was a play where I was like, dang, Marshawn should have picked that off. It's like, he's got half a hand. I mean, it's just, it was all around beating. And Adebo, I mean, I think Paulson Adebo should get a game ball just because how much pressure he was put in, just because to start your first game, a third round pick, uh, your first game in the NFL against the NFL MVP. And you're put out for a couple of drives with arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams. And I want to say he, he, he allowed one catch for a few yards against him. And obviously had that pick for 33 yards and he just held his own. They did great. Uh, Desmond Trufant came in, played good enough. I mean, they're, they're deeper than a lot of people think on the defensive side. Also, what a great way to present yourself as a future trade destination for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got Jameis now, but the joke has to be made. It still has to be. Made. <laughs> um, defensively, man, I you know so two things here. The the first thing is I talked to a guy. I talked to a Packers writer last week, um, in this in this question setup that I do, and uh, John John Meerlink, and we talked. I asked him. I said, well. With the Packers start, because to me, I felt if the Saints were going to win the game, they were going to have to dominate the line of scrimmage and they were going to have to do it defensively well, on both sides. But defensively, they were going to have to be able to win with their front four. You're not going to be able, at least from my perspective, you, you, you weren't going to be able to send to send heavy blitzes, send five, six men. You weren't going to be able to disguise a bunch of coverages to confuse to confuse Aaron. You were going to have to win with your front four and let your back end be able to be, uh, you know, successful, whether you were in a base look or, you know, you were in sub packages. That was the way. Running the football and throwing the football. And I asked him if, you know, he thought that would be an issue with them starting two rookies and them having their, them having their, their all priority. And he didn't think so. So, I mean, I took his word for it. I, you know, I believe because, you know, they've had games. They had games last year where they had to go through the same thing. And then, you know, the offense didn't miss a beat. They found a way to make it work. And that's exactly it. it, it the complete opposite happened. The Saints dominated them from the opening the opening snap. Marcus Davenport gets, gets a tackle for a loss. Like, um, and, you know, it makes you think, man, like, they have an elite, at least one elite player at every part of their defense. Defensive line, you have Cam. Linebacker, you have Demario. Cornerback, you have Marshawn. And safety, you have Marcus Williams. There's not many defenses that can say that. And then outside of those elite players, they have really good secondary players next to them. They, they just added Bradley Roby. You have Malcolm Jenkins at safety. You have uh, Charlie Garner, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who's, uh, who plays in a slot, but also, also can play some deep safety. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna continue to hear about some of the other you know the other linebackers, the young guys that are playing. But you have Quan Alexander, David Onyemata is gonna be back, Marcus Davenport, and we don't know what Peyton Turner is gonna look like. Carl Grandison can, can get out to the pass. So you go on and on. We talked about we the worry was depth, and they have it. They have it on top of having elite talented players already, which gives offenses hell when they're healthy. Um, and I mean, look, while Marshawn did a really good job on Devontae, they locked up everybody else. Last year, 
Andy Lazar killed, like, he kicked our ass multiple times. Scanton, uh, 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 badass Scantley hit us on a couple deep plays. Tanya Jr., Robert Tanya Jr. was a star in that game. On bootleg after bootleg after bootleg. Saints could do nothing about it. So not only, I mean, it, it was fun to stop to stop Devontae, but it was fun to also make sure that the other guys, and some of them that killed them last year, weren't able to do that this year. Um, we talked about why, you know, I mean, I, I, I figured, well, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron didn't look like Aaron, and he had a bad game. He had nobody to throw the ball to. They played two men under the whole game. Like, you know, M- Malcolm and Marcus, they stayed in their deep zones. They didn't let anything behind them, and they dared guys underneath to get open, and nobody did for Green Bay their entire game. And that's a testament to a team, to a Saints defense that isn't even completely healthy. Like, what, what, uh, like, what happens when Bradley Roby joins that defense and Marshawn has a full hand? Top three. What happens? Where do you go? <laughs> Seriously. Ser- like, like if, they're, if they're healthy, where the hell are you throwing the football? And that front four is able to get to, to get after you. You have Demario there at linebacker, and you have Quan next to him, and no, and and Zach Bond and Ellis and Com- man, look. <laughs> I, so I, I mean, I'm I'm very excited about their performance, um, but I, this game only makes I mean the this game is it's scary to me because they could only get better, and they held one of the they, they held the MVP. I don't give a damn if he left Jeopardy Saturday night. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't care. They held the MVP of last season to three points. What happens when they get a team in New Orleans, when those fans are waiting or relishing the opportunity to go crazy in the dome and that defense is healthy? I, I, man, it is going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about how loud it's going to be in the dome, the first play, uh, or the first fourth, th- third down, fourth down, going for it. Like that, you, anybody who's been there, anybody who's watched it on TV, anybody who's, you know, objectively seen it, knows that it, that emotion level is going to be almost like I'm sitting on my couch tearing up because you can feel how much it means, like to the team, to the city, to everybody involved, to us. It's, it's going to be crazy. And to complement that, with you know coming back home with they they could lose until we get home you know they could lose before we get home you know we always have to tamper our expectations because you know how that goes but even if they did it's still going to mean that much and we still have this game to look back on as wow this defense this offense even you know with throwing to just undrafted free throwing to a former lacrosse player who left professional (laughs) lacrosse less than half a year ago it's just ridiculous the the levels that this team is going for and it, it's just something that you have to really tip your hat to everyone at the organization you know everybody said drew Brees is gone after last year that was our chance that was our big chance i was guilty of that we were sad it's normal it happened but this team's built for the future i mean when you have guys on your bench that would easily start at over three quarters of the other nfl teams you feel that something great for years, you know, and you have to trust them to be able to continue that. It's insane. And I, if you're going to stop a team like Tampa Bay, Kansas city, 
uh, even the Rams at this point, they looked really good as far as, you know, for the first game under a new quarterback and a new scheme and everything, those teams with offensive firepower, you need that depth. Uh, and, and like Chris said, if the Saints are healthy, arguably probably the deepest defense to stop those offenses, especially, and I'm super high on the cornerback position now, which as a Saints fan almost feels like slander to say, just because it feels so strange. Uh, but even my, one of my like first play memories from this game that comes up is Desmond Trufant coming down and laying a big hit, stopping on a third down. Desmond Trufant very likely is the fourth or fifth corner, you know, in this rotation. It's crazy. The Bears, the Bears said, we don't, we're not sure that you're good enough to make this team. The Bears said that. It's just insane. <laughs> I don't know who's playing cornerback for the Bears right now. No. It seemed like nobody. <laughs> well, that, that's I don't cool. know. That's the difference and they between cut them. the Saints and a team like the Bears. They're just yeah. out coaching everyone. And I think I'll say that what Chris said, uh, last thing I'll say about the defense, is the region Rodgers had nowhere to throw, the reason the Saints could run two-man <laughs> under – almost every single down was because the rest of the defense was doing their job. Those I, I know every single Saints fan remembers last game with the, the play action bootlegs, of Robert Tunyon, the Saints couldn't stop that. Not once it would go for 10 plus yards every single time. Go back, rewatch that game and watch how many times they ran that play and watch how many times Zach Ball was right there with Robert Tunyon every single time. And that goes out to the coaching. I mean, Zach Ball has been great. They shut him down. Now rushing the football, they didn't even try to. Aaron Jones killed us last year. Five carries, nine yards. What are you going to do? You can't do anything. If you can't run the football and the Saints never going to go and throw it 35 times, you're screwed. And, I mean, it was pure domination, pure domination. And, look, it took us one week to say the Saints are among the best in the NFC once again. It literally once again. And they're only going to get better from here on out. Uh, obviously, we got Monday Night Football tonight. Um but let's talk about some post-game notes about just a little bit about the future. And looking forward, now that they've won this game against Green Bay, it almost seems like the next time they're in the Dome week four, it'd almost be a disappointment if they weren't 3-0. and I mean, obviously, we're going to Carolina to play the Panthers, and then we go play New England, who has been a little rough so far. So is it a big expectation for this team to go into week four playing the New York Jets or New York Giants to maybe be 4-0. I mean, that's something that before the season we didn't really think was possible. And now we could realistically be in a 4-0 position and be contending for the NFC title once again. I mean, honestly, it's like, is that too high of an expectation to say we should be 4-0 during, after week four? Well, look, I mean, I, 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 um, I think a lot of it depends on just how badly you are banged up. Like, if you don't have Marcus Davenport and you're missing, um, you're missing Marshawn Lattimore in Bradley Roby's first game, he has to see DJ Moore, who has transformed into an immaculate receiver. I mean, some spectacular catches uh, last week against the Jets. Um, we know what they can do with Christian McCaffrey, uh, who even against elite defenses, is going to find a way to get his, whether it's whether it's running the football or whether it's out of the backfield catching it. Sam Darnold is talented enough to be able to put the ball, to put the football in the right places, uh, even if 
you know, he can be turnover prone at times. Um, I think that the part of that does matter. I mean, going on the road to Carolina is not going to be easy. I mean, it's a divisional game and it's, you know, these, these type of games against, uh, against the Panthers can be ugly sometimes early in the mm-hmm. season, man. I mean, we've seen so many over the past years that have ended, you know, 17 to 14 and 20. It's just, just, just been dogfights. So, um, but I do think that, you know, one thing New Orleans has working in their favor is that uh, I do have some questions about Carolina's secondary. You know, they, they're starting a rookie out there in J.C. Horn. But they're also, they also have some talented pieces out there. But, you know, I mean – you feel much better knowing knowing Luke Keekley isn't out there, right? You know, I mean, you take your chances. I mean, I know Jonathan Chin, Jonathan Chin can play. We know um, Brian Burns can play. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, I, listen, if Daniel Jones is walking, if, if you get to see any part of Daniel Jones, I don't care who's on the field from the world, they should kick the Giants' ass. There's it, it, no way, you know, it's no way around that. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm with you. I, I don't know if four and O is the expectation necessarily, or 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 even three and O. If I'm two and one, I'm satisfied. You know, considering I thought this this game was going to be a loss. You know, maybe 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 they come off of off of an emotional high and they they lay it in against the Packers. I'm not sure, but you stole one as far as I'm concerned in a dominant fashion against the Packers. If they come out and they they repeat that, that would be spectacular on the road on in another road game right against the Panthers and then you know you um and then week three week three is, is the Giants at home it's the Patriots right yeah they, the they travel to New England week three and then week four is yeah. in the Dome yeah, New York yeah. October yeah. I mean I, I I I expect them I mean those are those are two you that those are back-to-back mm-hmm. at least with New England they're def- they're really good defensively Carolina has number one preseason defense, or you know, whatever you want to you want to give them there. Um, physically, you know, you, you know, you're gonna have to be right. I would hope that a guy like Aaron McCoy comes back. I would hope that that you don't lose Marcus Davenport for too long because I expect both those games upcoming to be you know hard fought matchups. But man, even if it's two and one or if you're three and one, you know, you you take that any day. Yeah, two and one being in text TCU. Not sleeping in your own bed, uh, basically back to back to back away games because it's in Jacksonville. I mean, like two and two and one with those circumstances. No one else in the NFL is dealing with that right now. No one else is sleeping in a hotel every night, uh, dealing with their family being in the hotel, keeping them up all night, kind of thing. So this is just crazy circumstances. Uh, and two and one, I think, is is good. If you can be three and one in September, that's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, for the amount of things that had to go correct just for this game to happen. Right. Just add into everything that's going on. We are still living in the middle of COVID-19 and that whole really, like, to travel as a whole team, no matter if you have a personal team playing or not, we all know we do, it it is still incredibly difficult. Uh, You know, just to keep everyone, even vaccinated, we're seeing, uh, currently, we'll talk about that in a little bit, I'm sure, but we're seeing the possibility for breakthroughs, stuff like that. It, it's tough to get a game at home to work flawlessly, much less a game across the Gulf in, well, not really, but you, you get the point, in Jacksonville, Florida. It, it was just insane. And, you know, you're coming up against Carolina team, a lot of strength in that, a lot of weakness. If you're healthy, I think depth should win out if Jameis has even a 
decent game. And Correct. week three, I did the same way. You know, of course, you know, the Patriots are going to be well coached. They're going to be really well, you know, disciplined in terms of playing style. Sean Payton versus Bill Belichick is always a very, very fun matchup, uh, especially uh, if credit to Mac Jones week one. I know it was against the Dolphins, not exactly the prima donna of defenses, but and only put up 17 points still, but he almost threw for 300 yards. So it, very solid very secondary. Fun. Yeah, it, it, and like you said, they're, they're good on defense. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, so going into some post-game notes, uh, we got a, we got a few. Uh, Nick, we'll start with the COVID news going around the building. Nick Gunnerhill is reporting that the Saints are down a few potential coaches due to coronavirus, uh, and he says the team is in intensive protocols right now. And he does add there's no coordinators or like any like very important coaches that is dealing with this right now. Uh, and he says Sean Payton and the staff have said the, all the staff is vaccinated, so. Um, don't really know what's going on in terms of that situation. Uh, but it's never good to have more COVID problems with that. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't really affect them this week uh, in terms of preparation and whatnot. Uh, we'll see on Tuesday what, what's going on there. Uh, going to Marshall and Lattimore. Obviously, all those cap junkies. Marshawn signs a ginormous extension. Uh, can be worth up to $100 million. Uh, it's the most guaranteed money ever for a cornerback. And that happened before the game. And at halftime, he obviously had that thumb injury. Uh, that will require uh, maybe surgery. Uh, he's expected to get evaluated soon. And uh, Ian Rapport said he's week to week, and he could miss a couple weeks. But, we'll, I mean, I don't think anyone really knows at this point um, how that'll do. I mean, of course, Ronnie Lott, when he broke his pinky, he just cut it off. So, I don't think Marshawn's going to do that, but never good to see that. Uh, we'll see. We'll get more information on Tuesday about that. And Marcus Davenport suffered a pec injury. It sounded pretty bad at first, uh, but it came back on the MRI. It's just a strain, which is very positive. Uh, Ian Rapport said he'll miss some time, but should be back sooner rather than later. What that means, I don't know if that's a maybe an IR move, put him on IR for three weeks. Maybe I don't, I'm not sure there, but that it's just positive that it wasn't a tear because that probably would have been the season, season for him and just the impact he made first week. We just we want to have him there, and hopefully, that could mean uh, a potential Peyton Turner uh, debut coming up. And obviously, Eric McCoy left the game early. There's no news yet on his injury, which is I'll take it as a good thing because he was live tweeting the game. And if you suffered a season any injury, I don't think you'd be live tweeting the game and being super excited. So hopefully he just got a little banged up and the Saints are like, okay, well, uh, we're destroying this game and we don't need you in there. We don't need to make it worse. And last bit of news, Saints tried out a group of wide receivers. Um, tons of Saints fans are going to be happy about this. They tried out Kenny Stills, the OG. Chris, are not the OG anymore. And Marquise Lee and a few other guys. So uh, just doing their homework and maybe adding another wide receiver. Uh, to their room with Trey Quan Smith being on IR. I know lots of Saints fans would love to see Kenny Stills uh, back on this team, but uh, lots of stuff there. You know, similar to, uh, you know, there's two guys that I that I want to see, well, three guys I would like to see just back in New Orleans just for, for my heart to feel full. And that's Mark Ingram, um, Kenny Stills being one of them, and Akeem Hicks. Those are those are just three guys that 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 I always felt a little weird how they how they ended up leaving leaving the team, 
And I, you know, I think that they, they all have enough juice in one form or, or, or another left to contribute. Um, shout out to Mark having a, actually a really good, a really good game in a, in a Houston win yesterday. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, um, I think that that's, that's very interesting. I would assume that if you're looking at one of those guys, Kenny would probably, probably be, um, I think the better fit mainly because of him being familiar with the offense already. Kenny being more of an outside threat. Um, they move Marquez, Marquez Callaway all, the, all around the field. He can play slot, he can play outside. But I think what you lose in Traquan, if you can add another outside receiver, that would definitely uh, definitely be helpful. Uh, it could be useful for them. For them. Um, I, I mean, look, when it, when it comes to injuries with the team, it could cost them a game, you know, in regards to them losing a game. I, you know, I mean, it, it may, it may not. But I have... I've conditioned myself to worry less and less about who's not playing for this team because one way or another, they've missed almost they almost every key player over the past what two three years has missed a game, and they have found a way to win the game afterwards against a good football team or a bad football team. I mean, no, you you name them. Well, those it could be Kamara, it could be Drew, it could be Mike, it could be Marshawn, it could be. I mean, the only person that I don't think the only two people that haven't missed the game in recent memory that I can think of were what Demario and Cam, but almost everybody else. Marcus Williams missed the game, but so everybody, Armstead, they've all they've all missed games, and this coaching staff finds a way to game plan what they have. And whether it's an ugly game plan, it's not a popular style where they whether where they run heavy, you know, they or you know, they they switch it up with they play to they play to their hand, you know, they're playing chess. So um I guess it's better to have these type of injuries that don't seem to be long. So you, you know, you rather have them now than later. It's also very good that you're gonna have a very good and talented cornerback coming coming to play for you and Bradley Roby. To help you, you know, the next few weeks, if Marshawn has to miss two, two or three weeks, they're deep at defensive end to hopefully uh, hold off Davenport. So I hope that is that that isn't a long injury. You got a rookie quarterback in week three, and you got a so-so offensive line. Um, some question marks with with what's how how good Sam Darnold is going to be in there in Carolina. So I, 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 you know, I don't know if they will or they won't end up being harmed by this, but. I mean, you're off like you're playing with house money at this point, and you prove you can make the best out of these bad situations. And I mean, hell, you've had to deal with worse crises when it comes to rosters, um, or when it comes to key players being hurt. So, you know, I rather this happen now than in week seventeen or eighteen. And this Saints roster, I think it, it's pretty easy to see, is better than as even if it were injured, you know, injured as we are, it's better than most of the Saints rosters we've seen throughout the history of the franchise. So it's good to be able to say that. Yeah, well, uh, regardless or not, it's Victory Monday. Enjoy the week. Go to work tomorrow. Uh, Give your coworkers some crap. You're undefeated. Uh, We'll be coming at you guys later this week previewing the Panthers game this week. Um, But your Saints are 1-0. We're happy. You're happy. Go live it up, and we'll see you guys later this week. Who that?
try, but in the dome we know they 